Hey, welcome to the College Catholics Podcast. This Monday, we welcome Gerardo B. Talad at our Santa Clara University General Meeting on the Fruits of the Holy Spirit, and so many of you asked for a recording, so we did it. We did the thing. Gerardo has been through college. He's lived a very different life than where he is today, um, but now he's the founder of Heart of the City Ministry in Orange County, worship leader, campus minister, and he's engaged father of an English lab named Newman. Episode 3 is on the way, but until then, here it is. Enjoy Gerardo's short talk on choosing joy. Super cool. Uh, so, um, Eugene asked me to talk about joy, and uh, honestly, at a time like this, like, why joy? You know, like, what is there to be joyful for? How can we be joyful um, when we're just in, in this moment, in this time, um, and where we're at? Um, but um, to talk about, before I kind of go into joy, I want to talk about like fruits and what living in the fruit of a spirit means. Um, and it's pretty simple. I always used to get confused between like fruits and gifts and what does that mean in my life? And I was confirmed as a sophomore in high school. And I was like, I get it. Everything makes sense to me, but it doesn't. So um, living in the fruit of the spirit is simple. It just means that you are at the influence of the Holy Spirit. Um, and that the Holy Spirit is kind of shaping um, your day-to-day life um, in leadership. Um, but more importantly, shaping your day-to-day life and aligning um, who you are, your personality, what, what you're going through um, with the life of Jesus Christ. So the fruits of the Spirit are always, 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 always about um, Jesus. And it makes sense because the only way we can be connected uh, to Jesus um, is if we stay connected to the vine. Um, so Jesus is the vine. Um, we are just simply the branches. And a branch separate from a vine um, will not bear any fruit. So the only way we can bear fruits are these fruits that um, you guys are talking about, patience last week, enjoy today, is that if we are connected um, to the vine. Um, So going into that, uh, joy is the second fruit of the spirit. Uh, It's mentioned mentioned about 200 times um, in uh, the Bible, um, which helps us kind of understand how important this um, fruit is. I feel like if it wasn't mentioned a ton of times, usually when things are mentioned a lot in the Bible, God's trying to speak to his people, right? So it's about 200 times in, in the Bible. Um, one common misconception about joy is joy is not happiness, all right? So just happiness and joy are, are two separate things. They, they're not interchangeable um, because joy comes from within. And what that means is um, joy happens regardless of what is going on around you. Um, whereas happiness can be more of just like a blurred emotion, it's dependent on a situation. Um, when you're joyful and you're a joyful person and you're really living with this fruit of joy, um, you're kind of making a commitment um, to be thankful to the Lord, regardless of the circumstance. You guys can kind of get that. Happiness is like, I woke up today and I had uh, coffee. I'm super happy, but I wake up tomorrow and I don't have coffee. Coffee, I might not be happy, right? Joy would be like, I woke up today, I had coffee. Sweet, super stoked about that. I'm so blessed. Wake up tomorrow out of coffee whatever. I'm still blessed. I'm still joyful. Do you, do you guys understand that? There's, it's not necessarily attached to any emotion that you may um, be feeling. And it talks about this. The Greek word for joy is chara. And um, what it pretty much describes is this feeling of inner gladness, delight, or rejoicing. Um, a cheerful heart, a cheerful person um, always leads to cheerful behavior, which is joy. Um, and it's weird because in the Bible, usually what joy is, it's, it's, it's attached to adversity. Um, and you see this in the book of, of Job, for example. Um, when God takes away everything from him, he is still joyful. 
So um, usually in, in the Bible, you see those two kind of go hand in hand, adversity and joy, because it is in those times when um, things aren't going our way, when things, when we feel lost, when um, we may feel like all hope is, is gone, that joy really shines through. Um, but how do we do that? And what, what's that, what does that entail? Well, I'm gonna share with you guys just like five things on um, how we can be um, joyful. Um, and I, I, I've loved just kind of like listening and talking about this, but before we do that, I'm gonna share with you guys um, one of my favorite uh, Bible stories. And it takes place in Exodus. Moses um, is begging to hear the voice of God. So he's like begging to pray um, to God. So if you think about this, Moses, they're in the desert, they're wandering. And he hasn't heard God's voice. So Moses used to have these intimate conversations with the Lord and he would talk to the Lord and um, he would legitimately like hear the voice of God. Uh, but then the Lord kind of went, disappeared from him and Moses became like lost. He was, everything was desolate. The Lord seemed far away. Um, so what Moses did is he said, I'm going to go back to the last place that the Lord spoke to me. And that was Sinai. Um, and he climbed the mountain and Moses spent 40 days 40 days praying and fasting um, and talking to the Lord. Um, and at the 40th day, God revealed um, himself to him again. So God, God revealed his voice. God revealed his presence, his glory to Moses again. And Moses was so awestruck by this, was so awestruck by this encounter that when he came down from the mountain, all the Israelites knew, Aaron knew, that something was different about him, that something changed about him. And they, they explain it in the Bible that his facial expression, his countenance, the radiance on his face was different because he re-experienced um, God again. And I think that's um, a very beautiful um, kind of like testimony, uh, Moses's personal testimony. Again, he spent 40 days trying to like seek out God and seek out this peace. Um, to seek out this joy and God spoke to him again and the moment he got down from the mountain he didn't have to say anything people just knew that Christ was in him that Christ was with him when you look at the faces of the people who are Catholic in your life or who are Christian in your life when you go to mass when you see them after mass when you see them at a store when you see them in your classes um, do those faces express joy do those faces express like, oh my gosh, like they are living with the Lord. They are living with the light. Um, I'm the type of person who, if I hear something crazy in the homily, I just want to like stand up and just like clap or like, you know, I, I have it within me to just do it, but I just like smile or I'm like, yes, preach. If I say it like to myself, um, because when you look around the church, um, what I see really is just that there's not a lot of, of joy that's happening when encounters take place. And if we believe that the Eucharist, the source and summit of our faith is the ultimate encounter, then we should better be leaving with the world knowing what we just received. Um, and that's the first thing that like people see is our face. We could live a life of Christ by just looking. People could, should be able to just see that you're, you're, you're radiating a light of Christ in, in response to the joy that he has put in your heart. Um, the reason I say this is because authentic joy, this is point number one, um, True joy and true happiness is only, 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 only found in God's presence. That's it. Separate from God's presence, it's only, it's worldly. But to really experience joy, we need to be attached to God. We need to pray to him. It took Moses 40 days of straight prayer and fasting for God to really speak to him. 
And after like five minutes for me, I'm like, I give up, I'm over it. <laughs> like, I'm just gonna go into my life. No wonder like I'm super miserable because I'm not like talking to God and I'm not, and because I'm not talking to God, I detach myself um, from the presence and, and from the fruit of joy. Um, in Chronicles, it says the strength and joy fill God's dwelling. Um, the very essence of joy um, is God's character. Like God's character is joyful by nature. Um, in, and we see this a lot with David. I want you guys just to think about David too, even the character of David. All the Psalms talk about joy so much. Um, and sometimes we read the Psalms and we just think that like David is just like writing in the Psalms, but like writing the Psalms down like in a journal and he's just putting that down. But really like if you were around David at the time God was speaking to him, it would have probably been annoying because there was this 14 year old boy singing constantly in a field, right? Just imagine like, we think like maybe David's sitting on a rock and he's like writing his Psalms. He's like, oh, the Lord is my strength and blah, blah, blah. But no, but really what David was doing is he was walking around with sheep all freaking day and singing, <laughs> like singing to the Lord. And he, he would document this and he would sing out loud. And I could just imagine like his brothers and I could imagine like his dad being like, David, like, shut up. Like, we get it. You love God. But David, like, can you just focus on the sheep for a second? And not like, yeah, the sunset's beautiful. Yeah, like, you know, it's a wonderful morning. We get that you're happy. But like, be quiet, David. Um, but that's what that's what the Psalms are. They're, they're, they're um, cries of joy. And even in his saddest Psalms, like Psalm 51, he still reaches out to God in joy. Um, so again, authentic joy and true happiness is only found in God's presence. It's only found in God's presence. So the challenge for, for, for that point is um, sit with everything you have and just give yourself to God. Um, and that sounds like super cliche, but like pray to him, talk to him, speak to him. Every moment is an opportunity for God to put this fruit of joy in your life. But I guarantee you, if you take, and this is why, again, if you do the opposite of that, if you take like your sin and you react on that sin. So for example, if like you take the sin and your reaction rather than to take it to God and to pray is to say, no, I'm going to like drink this sin away or I'm going to drink this problem away. No wonder we're like miserable. <laughs> no wonder like, because we, we try to find our solution in that worldly thing when reality, um, joy is only experienced and is found um, in God. So that, that's, that's what it is. The second thing I want to share with you guys is joy is possible um, in every season when we follow God's truth. Um, when we follow God's truth. Um, in Psalm, uh, the very first Psalms, Psalm chapter one, verses one through three out of 150 Psalms, it says, delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Then we will be filled with joy and we will be prosperous because we will bear fruit in every season, right? Um, and I know for some of us, we think about like meditating on the Bible or meditating on the law of the Lord could seem a little bit boring, right? But the reason we learn theology and the reason we learn about the Lord and we learn about God is because we love him, right? And it's because we want to know him better, right? 
Um, and in college, I, I learned this the hard way. I used to be stuck reading like teen theology books. And it was my spiritual director who was like, Gerardo, like we need to like learn more truths about God beyond that Jesus loves you. You have to ask the questions of why does he love you? Um, what truth is he speaking into your heart? Do you really believe in that truth? Do you really believe what you say? Do you really believe what you pray? Why is it that you do this during mass? You got to begin to ask yourselves that question because um, joy attaches itself to truth. Um, and when you understand and you start to break apart that truth and, and to learn, and when you start to learn that truth, um, joy is possible. Joy is true because it is in those times of, of your lowest when you feel sad, right? Or you're attached to that emotion um, where you, if you understand the truth of who Jesus is, joy will be able to shine through in that. Um, so yeah, uh, the third part I want to, to share with you guys is um, give God your future and you will experience a joy that you will never, ever, ever understand. <laughs> That's weird to say. Um, when this pandemic first hit, uh, my spiritual director, I was talking to him and I, he was like, so what have you learned so far from like this first week, right, of the pandemic? And he said to me, um, I asked him that question and he said, I've learned that apart from Jesus and the Trinity, nothing else really matters. Like nothing matters apart from Jesus and the Trinity. Think about the plans you had last March. Like just for a second, think about like the plans or how your summer looked, right? How um, you thought you would end your school year for how you thought this, this year would start. Um, and think about, uh, how that actually played out. And I know for me, there was a lot of disappointment and sadness and desolation uh, I experienced. I had a ton of amazing plans um, for, for the summer. I had a ton of amazing plans for the start of this year. And um, when God took all that away from me, all I had really was him. You know, and we, we say this all the time, like lean on the Lord, rely on the Lord. The Lord is all you need. Um, but when that was removed from me, um, all, and I realized all I had was him, I was just filled with joy because I, I, I began to think like, at a time like this, I'm so happy I have Jesus. Because if I didn't have Jesus, I don't know what I would have, right? All right, Lord, you took away my Hawaii trip in June. <laughs> like you took away, um, like I had like a big like job uncertainty for like months. I was like, I'm not, don't consider myself really an anxious person. I became super anxious. Um, and it was, it was almost like God was telling me, um, you don't get it, Gerardo. Like, it's just me. Like, th th that's all you need. Trust me and I will put you exactly where you need. Exactly where you need to be. God is never late. He's always on time. Always on time. And when you have that certainty of your future and when you, when you could just say that to yourself, that God is always on time, then how blessed and how joyful you know, could, could we be, or should we be, if we just trust in that? Um, that's very hard to do, right? That's very, very um, hard to do. Um, during life's toughest seasons, and this is the beauty of joy, we don't necessarily need to fully understand it, um, but we could still cling to it, right? We, we have the choice of, of choosing um, the world or choosing God. And when you choose God, that's the greatest thing to look forward to. That's the greatest thing to look to. 
Um, so the options are just like, it just outweighs each other, you know? Um, next, number four, um, God, the, the joy is a gift of God um, that should radiate to others. And I talked about this at the, at the very start. Um, it should radiate to others. Like your, your face and, and your joy for this church should, should be, be reflected among others. When I was a kid, and I know we all have experienced this, like I would go to mass and my parents, the first thing they would tell me was to like, be quiet. Don't say a word, you're gonna get in trouble, right? Shh, sit still, don't move. <laughs> Only move when you have to, right? And I think that like psychologically like stuck with me. Like, so when I go to church and when I go to events at, at mass, like I'm like super like, I was like super quiet as like uh, a teen and a young adult, but I would like go to like concerts for like Kanye and stuff and like go crazy, right? Like, and that was like, I'm super happy, I'm super joyful, but oh, my church, I gotta be quiet, Like, you know, um, but it, it's a gift from God that that should radiate and reflect um, to others. And the last one, um, and this is the, the most, uh, not the most important one, but just one to, I kind of talked about a little bit. Um, joy transforms our difficult circumstances into times of blessing. Um, in First Peter, um, Jesus, uh, uh, in the first letter to Peter, we are reminded that um, even during difficult times, we should always choose joy. Um, and in James chapter one, um, when we are uh, encountered with life's troubles, um, we should embrace those troubles because it's, it is an opportunity for us to choose um, joy. It is an opportunity for us to choose the Lord. Um, so joy, again, it should always be um, reflective on uh, who we are and what we do and that we should always um, see this faith as a, a faith of blessing. We're so lucky. Like, I mean, regardless of where your relationship is at with the Lord, like being here, you're, you're trying to encounter something more. And we're so lucky that, in, again, in a time like this, we could experience um, Jesus. I'm going to end with one of my uh, favorite quotes from A.W. Tozer. Um, but uh, it, it goes like this. God calls us to his meekness and his method. Um, and the meek man cares not at all um, of what the world says because he has long ago determined that the esteem of the world is not worth the effort that the esteem of this world is not worth the effort. Again, God calls us to his meekness and his method, and the meek man cares not of all on what the world says, because he has long ago determined that the esteem of this world is not the effort, not worth the effort. So we can choose happiness all we want. We can choose the happy moments of our lives, but it's always, always gonna leave us desolate and dry. Or we can be like David in the field, in every moment, in every season, choosing joy, choosing the Lord. People are gonna think we're crazy. People are gonna see us and be like, something's wrong with him or we're annoying, but they can, joy can still radiate from that. So again, challenge for, you, for all of you is to always um, find moments in your life and times in your life where joy can radiate. Um, and it doesn't even need to take words. It really doesn't. Um, you could transform a classroom, a conversation, a family, you could transform this, this ministry here if you see it as something that God is calling you to, that he wants to enhance your leadership, enhance your position, enhance um, who you are so that you can be joyful in your everyday life. So let's just end with prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we just, I thank you so much for these uh, college students who are seeking you. Help them to um, be joyful, Lord, even in times when they don't want to be. 
um, to, to, uh, to just call them always to joy. Holy Spirit, come pour down on us. We ask for your gifts. We ask for your blessing. We know that it is only because of you, Holy Spirit, that it is possible to pray, that it is possible to be joyful. So we choose this joy, not the world's joy, but the joy that only you can give us. We love you, Lord. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you all. Amen. Thank you, Gerardo. Um, that was amazing. I mean, like just that you're here and sharing your heart with us. I love it. Like you're an example of joy. So thank you for that. Congrats on your engagement. Congrats on your new puppy. Super sick. Um, we'll hope to see you around. Um, Newman so yeah. the Labrador. Give him a follow. Follow. What, what's the Instagram? Drop it. <laughs> Newman the Labrador. <laughs> hey. Yes, sir. Um, yeah. No. So I hope that was like relevant for people. Um, and like one thing we would always say at worship nights and like this story of like acts, like when the apostles, you know, receive the Holy Spirit, right? Because we're talking about the Holy Spirit here and like to the outside world, like to the streets, they looked crazy. Like people were like, are they drunk? Like they, it actually says that in the, in, in the scripture. It's like people thought they were drunk because they were speaking other languages. They were, they were just so filled with joy. It's just so funny to me because like I've experienced that, but how much do I forget and how much do I believe like that lie of like college that like, well, if I have this job, I'll be happy. If I ha hit this GPA, I'll be happy. If I have money, sex, power, if I um, like, if I hit this weight, if I hit this like, um, like level of like friendship or like, um, if I finish this project, I'll be happy, right? What's the point if we're not joyful? And I love the way the church calls us into that because it's the exact opposite, a poverty of spirit, a, a chastity of our, of our, of our identity and this obedience to God. And it, it, it just reminds me like it's a freedom, it's a detachment of just a lie that like your circumstances define who you are and like whose you are. But really joy is like this attachment that you are not the sum of your weaknesses, your failures, and you're the sum of the Father's love for us and our, and our real capacity to become like Jesus. That was John Paul II. If you enjoyed that, share with a friend, follow us on Spotify, on Instagram, and we hope to see you soon.